Night Talk with Oliver Dixon. It is 13 minutes after 10 p.m. You're listening to Night Talk. My name is Oliver Dixon. Thank you so much for your time this evening. Really do appreciate it. I'm in conversation with Naeem Jina, who is a senior researcher at the Mapungubwe Institute. Naeem, good evening. Thank you so much for your time. Really do appreciate it. We saw a ceasefire deal negotiated uh, last week by Qatar between uh, Israel and Hamas. Part of the deal was the exchange or at least the release of prisoners and two, for Israel to allow for more aid to aid trucks to enter uh, uh, Gaza, specifically 200 trucks per day spread across Gaza, north and southern Gaza. Truck drivers were not able to make it into northern Gaza, but were able to make it into uh, southern Gaza, but also not 200 trucks. As a result, at some point over the ceasefire uh, period, uh, Hamas had stopped releasing prisoners because they say that Israel had not upheld its end of the deal by allowing enough trade trucks to enter uh, uh, Gaza. And, and and so, again, a negotiation of that had resumed. Was Hamas perhaps naive in, in thinking that Israel will uphold its end of the bargain? Or were there legitimate reasons why uh, Israel couldn't uphold its end of the bargain of 200 trucks to enter uh, Gaza on each day of the ceasefire period? Well, when, when you are negotiating while bombs are falling on your head, you expect that uh, the people you're negotiating with will uh, negotiate in good faith and they will uphand, uh, uphold their end of the bargain. I expect that that's what uh, Hamas and the Palestinians in Gaza expected. Um, what Israel did, though, not allowing um, the, the trucks into northern Gaza as they were supposed to, um, not releasing uh, the, the, the hostages they held as they were supposed to. So, for example, one of the people that was supposedly released on Friday night um, had already served his term and was uh, already out of prison. Another had uh, 18 days left to serve. Another had uh, one month left to st- serve, while the agreement was that it would be uh, longer-term prisoners that would be released first. Um, and then the issue of the um, drones, um, the agreement was that drones would not be used uh, for surveillance by Israel for particular periods of time, and they continued doing that. And of yeah. course, the, there's the issue that while, while it's supposed to be a truce or ceasefire, the attacks in the West Bank continue. I mean, in, in the past 24 hours, uh, more than 60 Palestinians in the West Bank have been arrested. So they released 39 last night, but arrested another 60. Um, so, you know, there was good reason for, for Hamas to be concerned that uh, Israel was not upholding its end of the bargain. Yeah. Well, was the deal then nonetheless worth pursuing? Um, yes, it is w- worth pursuing for a couple of reasons. One is that from the, from the uh, uh, Palestinian perspective, one is that one of the main reasons for the operation where uh, you know it was it was targeted for soldiers to be uh, taken captive was so that they could get palestinians uh, held hostage in israeli prisons released so if that was your objective then that's what you work towards and uh, secondly because um, four weeks three and a half weeks ago already um, hamas said publicly that they don't want to hold um, civilians and that they want to release them. You might remember those first two older women who were released. Yes. Um, when Hamas offered to release them, Israel refused to accept them. 
Um, so the, the Hamas perspective has been, it seems from the beginning, but at least from three and a half weeks ago, um, that they wanted, you know, the, the civilians that they were holding were in, in a sense more of a burden to them because they didn't want to hold them. They wanted to keep the soldiers captive. Yeah. Uh, to, to this, and, and, and this is an important part of the conversation because it, it, you know, shows whether or not there will be any success towards this. There has been a ceasefire, and by and large, for the most part, in fact, throughout uh, Gaza over the last couple of days, there has not been uh, bombings and shellings taking place. Is there any likelihood that this could be sustained? Well, the the agreement has now been made to extend it for two days. So it was supposed to end tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock. It will now be extended to uh, Thursday morning. Uh, the understanding is that um, Hamas will release tomorrow uh, night and the night after will release uh, 10 of the captives on each night and Israel will release um, uh, 30 of the hostages that they are holding. So there's a two-day uh, extension. There are hopes from many parties, despite Israel insisting that when these two days are over, they will continue the bombing. There are hopes from many parties that uh, before that two days end, there would be a negotiation for a further extension. So it, it's possible, yes. Yeah. And uh, you may have seen this. The Human Rights Watch, an international uh, human rights organization advocacy group, um, has released a preliminary report into the bombing of the Al-Akhli Hospital. Uh, their preliminary report finds that it may well be the case that the rocket that shelled uh, the Al-Akhli Hospital, as they claim, was an Islamic jihadist, typ- typically a rocket used by Islamic jihadist groups, which lends credence to the idea that it may potentially have been a Hamas misfire rocket. Uh, that brings a lot of, uh, at least that lends some credibility to the Israeli claim that they did not uh, bomb the Al-Akhli hospital. None of this is conclusive. The Human Rights Watch group had said that at this stage it is preliminary evidence that requires more investigation for corroboration, but that's what they are able to say at the moment. Um, again, you know, part of the, uh, w- one of the big calls around uh, uh, crimes against humanity against uh, um, by by uh, Israel was amplified largely in part because of the bombing of the hospital. If it may well be true that uh, the evidence suggests that it wasn't an Israeli rocket that had bombed the hospital, uh, that changes how the credibility playing field, at least at a crimes against humanity level, plays out, right? Because you would recall that the term genocide really only came or at least found audience after that particular bombing. I mean, it's the most unimaginable act of crime against humanity in any war ever fought anywhere in the world. Um, and so this report, for that reason, is, is an important piece of, of literature to engage. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Naeem? So firstly, I mean, you know, they, they, they're not saying whether it was Islamic Jihad or Hamas that, uh, whose rocket it was. So they, they use both, uh, both the names. These are two completely different groups. Whose rocket is it, if you're saying it's theirs? Secondly, I think it's extremely irresponsible for Human Rights Watch 
to issue a, a report that basically buys into the Israeli narrative. They are, they are not in Gaza. They haven't examined any of the evidence. Um, you know, they, their report is as speculative as, for example, Al Jazeera's uh, analysis or uh, CNBC's analysis, etc., which looks at video footage, because there are no human rights watch people on the ground. Thirdly, uh, let me just say this. While the Al-Ahli hospital bombing uh, attracted lots of attention, by the time Al-Ahli was bombed, Israel had already bombed 85 health facilities in Gaza. By today, uh, more than 25 of the hospitals in Gaza have been attacked by Israel. They've been besieged, they've been bombed, uh, patients have been killed, patients that tried to escape were killed, Doctors were killed, doctors were arrested, uh, uh, patients in ICU in Shifa Hospital all died because there was no uh, oxygen, etc. So Al-Ahli is one of a whole number of hospitals. And Israel is not denying any of these other cases. It's not denying that it besieged uh, uh, Shifa and killed people in it. It's not denying that it uh, besieged Rantisi and killed people in it, uh, the, these hospitals. Um, so, so I think that, uh, you know, pointing to the Al-Ahli thing, um, I, I think that it needs to be investigated, properly investigated. There are media institutions that, uh, from their own videos, like Al Jazeera and others, are saying that uh, it could not have come, uh, the, the bomb could not have come from inside uh, Gaza. The Israelis are saying it did. It needs to be investigated. But what we know for a fact is that there are 25 hospitals that Israel destroyed besieged, bombed, shelled with, with tanks, uh, etc. And so focusing on one out of that and saying that it's not, um, it is not and, and, and finally, that the issue of genocide is not to do with al-Ahli. The issue of genocide is to do with the, uh, with the fact that 15,000 people in Gaza have been murdered now in, in the space of seven weeks, that uh, 75% of them are women and children, and importantly, that there are statements from, um, from Israeli government officials saying that the intention is genocide. They don't use the word genocide, but they say, for example, that they want to kick out uh, uh, two million people into the Sinai Desert. They're saying that all the people in Gaza must leave and uh, countries around the world must, must accept them. They're saying that they want to flatten Gaza. They think that they want to destroy Gaza. They think that everyone in Gaza is a Hamas member and must be killed. Yeah. These, these are Israeli uh, uh, government officials. So the intent is genocide. Yeah, yeah. Give us a call. I'm taking your reaction. 86 I'm also taking your WhatsApp voice notes on 614 Tweet me at Oliver underscore speaking. We continue on the other side of this break. Night Talk, Monday to Thursdays, 10 to midnight. I'm taking your reactions. Give me a call, 86 You're listening to Night Talk. My name is Oliver Dixon, and I'm in conversation with Naeem Jinnah, senior researcher at the Mapungubwe Institute. We're reflecting on the ceasefire uh, agreement and how it has played out over the weekend and the extension thereof, but also a Human Rights Watch report coming out into the investigation into the bombing of the Al-Akhli Hospital in Gaza. Uh, I'm taking your reactions. Let's go to the lines. Uh, Colin in Cape Town. Colin, good evening. Good evening, um, Oliver. Hi, Colin. Go ahead. I thought, oh, let me listen to Oliver. I haven't listened to Oliver for a while now. But anyway, um, 
Um, I thought to myself, oh, have you got another guest coming on to give her another opinion? Because this is going to be one-sided story. This is going to be one one-sided story all the time. To say, um, I must say how holy and kind and good they are. You're not going to hear uh, anybody else's opinion. So whatever, you, whatever I'm going to listen okay, to just quickly, now, Colin, Colin who, who made the claims that Hamas are holy and kind? And no, that is what I'm trying to say to myself. No, I'm, no, I'm, ask, I'm asking who made, yeah. who made no, those claims here. Made it. Okay. Nobody, that okay. is what I think to myself. Because everything, everything now that I'm going to listen to now, if I, if I continue listening to your program, it's just going to be about Hamas didn't do this, Hamas never did that, Israel did this. That is why it would have been nice to have two different parties talking. Thank you, Oliver. Okay. I might as well well go to bed and switch off. Okay, enjoy your sleep, Colin. Appreciate it. I mean, if you think it's one-sided, sure, that's that's, that's an opinion you you, you definitely are entitled to. But, I mean, the fallacy of dualism is one that you shouldn't be enslaved by. And secondly, evaluate the facts for yourself. They're there. That's it. That's all of it. Evaluate the facts for yourself. If you think there are, there's a different perspective to be had based on the facts, you're more than welcome to have and present that perspective. Um, I don't support genocide. Hi, Oliver. Lovely show. Um, I don't support genocide on any side. But I wanted to ask Oliver, your guest skated around the question that you asked. He didn't answer it directly, what that would mean. If it were to be investigated and it was proved that it was Hamas weaponry that misfired. He didn't answer that one. Number two, what did Hamas expect when they attacked Israel? What did they have in mind? What were they expecting was going to be the result? Thank you. Thank you very much for that. Naeem, do you want to respond to that voice note? Uh, Yes. So in, in terms of the first question, the, as I said, there needs to be a proper investigation. And whoever is responsible, by the way, Israel is not claiming it was Hamas. They're saying it was Islamic Jihad. But whoever is responsible, whether Islamic Jihad, Hamas, or the Israeli uh, army, must be held responsible in the International Criminal Court. We have laws of war, and all sides need to, uh, uh, need to obey those laws. Yeah. And if they violate those laws, they must be made accountable. Um, so that, that, that's my response to the first question. In terms of the second question, of course, I can't speak for what Hamas expected. I would expect that they expected that there would be a harsh response from Israel. But I suspect that even they didn't expect that the response would be as harsh as it is. I mean, consider this, uh, Oliver, that in, uh, um, in, in, in the period of about five weeks, more civilians were killed in Gaza by the Israeli occupation forces than have been killed in the Ukraine war since it began more than a year and a half ago. More children were killed in Gaza in the first four weeks than have been killed all over the world in wars in the past year. So, uh, you know, I mean, these these are staggering statistics. Yeah. um, That I, I, I suspect that um, not even Hamas expected that this is what would happen. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take one... And, and by, 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 the way, by, by the way, I I'm, in, I'm a political analyst. I'm in no position to say who is good, kind, and holy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, perhaps, uh, let me, before I take the, the next call, to ask this. Um, now that there's a ceasefire, what happens to 
the campaign for the liberation of the Palestinian people, right? It is quite clear, and at least in the mind of Hamas, that a armed resistance is seemingly the only way they'll be able to achieve that. Now with a ceasefire, it means that there's equally an expectation on Hamas as there is on the Israeli government uh, to not participate in armed combat. Uh, what then happens to the call for the liberation of the Palestinian people, if not to be achieved through an armed resistance? Well, I mean, what the, what the resistance factions in Gaza have been saying uh, is that they, they expect that this should lead to, now, whether that's a realistic ex, uh, expectation is another question, but they expect that this conflagration now should lead to a negotiations not simply on, on the question of a, of a temporary ceasefire, but negotiations for a, uh, a proper solution to the Palestinian question. Uh, for the establishment of a Palestinian state, etc., um, and so that's their that's their aim. Um, the ceasefire right now is temporary. I mean, it's now for it's going to go on for another two and a half days. Uh, it might be extended uh, beyond that, uh, but they are saying that their objective is, in a sense, to force Israel to the negotiating table to negotiate not the exchange of uh, prisoners, not uh, ceasefire but to, uh, to negotiate a uh, kind of proper resolution to, uh, to the problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one, let's take one more reaction to this, if we can. Uh, yeah, Raj in Durban. Raj, yeah. good evening. Yes, good evening to you, Oliver. Oliver, my opinion is that the United States has the power to bring this conflict to an end, but they wouldn't do that, you know? What, what kind of thing, power does the United States have to, uh, the United Nations? Did you say the United Nations? No, no, the United, United States. States. Okay, okay. Yes. And the other thing is, it, it's a known fact that Israel has built a wall inside Palestinian land, and the International Court of Justice has termed it illegal. And, but the United States did nothing about it. In my opinion, United, uh, uh, Joe Biden is a pale face. And he speaks with a forked tongue. Mm. Thank you. Okay, Raj, thanks a lot for your call. Appreciate it. We're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much for your for your time this evening. Okay. Uh, uh, actually, let's take one more. Major out in the East Rand. Major, good evening. Evening. Thank you for taking my call. Eh? I just want to weigh in on the Middle East issue. Mm. Saga, though it's so hard, hard it's so heartbreaking. Eh? Look, we shouldn't. Camouflage is if Hamas has been in existence ever since the state of Israel existed. Hamas was formed in 1987, which gives you 40 years in the uh, Hamas being absent, Palestinian being subjected to oppression, suppression, the stealing of land. Hamas was formed in 1987 in response of those problems which were vetted upon the Palestinians by the Israeli government. So to say Hamas this is just a camouflage. Look, to be honest with you, the state of Israel, no one in the, when interview them from the IDF, from the, no one talks about a solution. All what they want is to crash, crash. They've been crushing Palestinians from 1948. The former, the founder of the Israeli, Israel government as it is today was born where? In France. Okay. He came as settlers. The former defense minister was born in Lithuania. And okay. they, dis- they dismantled 
Palestine from their own land. Then when Hamas came into existence to fight the occupation, now Hamas has to take the flag, has to take the blame. Yeah. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, we're very, very thin on time, Major. So I'm going to have to leave it there. But I think your your yeah, yeah. your comment and sentiment is well captured. Really appreciate it, okay. Major, okay. calling us there from uh, the East Rand. We're going to have to leave it there, Naim. Uh, to yourself, thank you so much for your time this evening. I really do appreciate it, uh, Naim okay. Jina, with the Mapungubwe Institute. We're going to take a break. On the other side of this, we continue the conversation. You can be a part of it. Give us a call: zero eight six triple zero two zero three two. We're talking about the Patriotic Alliance and their rally over the weekend. What are your thoughts on that?